welcome to the Irish NFL show. All the Muppets are out now and I'm here. A bunch of Muppets with me. We're all going to talk about the uh, NFL and all of that. This is going to be a great gag for everybody listening on the podcast. So I suppose I should probably come back. Otherwise, this show will never start. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Irish NFL show. Um, for those of you listening, I have a little puppet here. Uh, send your comments in there in the comments about my puppet. It's a very close likeness. I should have worn a blue tie, I realise. Anyway, enough of that nonsense. Okay, so actually, welcome to the Irish NFL show. Brought to you by our sponsor, Cassidy Trouble. And you can get packages for the playoffs, and the Super Bowl, all of which are shaping up nicely. And uh, I'm going to welcome in the team here tonight. So we have Colm, we have Brian, we have Mark, and we have Christina. Welcome, guys. Hello, everybody. All right, so a uh, little bit of a different vibe tonight, seeing as we know how it's all kind of clicked into place so this is i guess our black monday show where the doom and gloom happens for coaches head coaches and maybe that's how we should probably start really who got fired um always a lovely place to start um so maybe let's talk a little bit first i'll, I'll go to you Colum. actually uh the broncos fan in the house um i know they're a bit ahead of the curve on the hunt but maybe uh Enlighten me. I'm not really sure what's going on there and who's fired and what's their prospects. Uh, tell us a bit. Yeah, so the Broncos obviously made the decision to move on from Nathaniel Hackett a few weeks ago now, which proved uh, actually to, to massively improve things. So anyone who tells you not to make changes in mid-season uh, could not be uh, more wrong. And uh I think realistically for the, the Broncos, they have six people on a shortlist, Cala, but I I would say by the looks of things, Jim Harbaugh is probably the, the front runner. Uh, he's the one who has agreed to uh, an in-person interview and that is already scheduled uh, to take place. He has had, the owner has had a conversation with Sean Payton and I did think it was interesting that Sean Payton went out of his way to say that the, the QB play is not something you look for. Uh, it's the relationship with the owner and the relationship with the front office. Now, that might not, that because it's not just in relation to the Broncos. I mean, I think you, most of the jobs you look around at and there are either, there's either no QB or in the case of the Cardinals, obviously you got a QB coming back from an ACL injury. So I don't think Sean Payton's comments were specifically in relation to the Broncos with that. But a lot of people do say, oh, there's no QB or you're, you're lumbered with this QB. I thought that was a telling insight yesterday. And he went out of his way to say it a number of times. Uh, following up, actually, because Michael Lombardi had said exactly that on the Pat McAfee show uh, during the, the week. Um, the Broncos obviously have made uh, reached out to a few others. We've seen to D'Amico uh, Ryans with the... Uh, 49ers, I think I think the Broncos are unlikely to go with a first-time head coach again, given what's happened with the the, the past couple of coaches there. But I think uh, whoever gets to make Orions is getting an absolutely outstanding candidate. I think he's a phenomenal leader. You hear the way players talk about him, and I have little doubt that he will be a, a wonderful success. But the Broncos are moving fast. They want to make a splash. I think it'll be Harbaugh or Sean Payton. Great stuff. Okay. Well, let's keep moving on the, the hiring and firing front. Um, Mark, talk to me about this chap, uh, Lovey Smith. He got fired by the Texans, even though they won pretty dramatically yesterday, right? Yeah. Well, one of those wins you 
love, hate to, to love in that regard, because by doing so, it took them out of the number one spot in the draft, which is now owned by the Chicago Bears. So a um, lot of talk, obviously, Bryce Young coming out of Alabama will be the first quarterback, if not the first player off the board. And many people would have tabbed, well, there you go, Texans, take your new quarterback and start to rebuild from there. Well, lovely, um, and no one can convince me otherwise, the smile on his face as they were playing and as they were winning made it pretty clear to me. He knew he was being fired. He didn't care. He was playing to win the game. His players obviously playing very professionally to win the game. And uh, a little bit of revenge at the end. Obviously, long-term uh, Bills head coach took them to their last Super Bowl appearance back in 06 with... Uh, Still don't know quite how with Rex Grossman as his quarterback. So maybe a, a little final gift to the people of Chicago and the Bears in that regard as well. But whilst the Texans only made that move late last night, I think it was about 11.59 US uh, East Coast time, they 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 called the trade or officially announced it. Um, while they're behind the Broncos and the Colts and the Panthers, who have made moves earlier in the season, they're getting a lot of practice at this. Because, of course, last season they had David Cully, who was one and done. And in fact, if you consider Romeo Cornell, who had 12 games filling in for Bill O'Brien, the next coach, the Texans hire, will be their fifth head coach in four seasons. So they might, you know, they still aren't getting the right head coach, but at least they're getting a lot of practice at it. Surely they'll get there eventually. Troy and his belief in all that. I mean, to give you a sense as well, Colors, how unusual this is, there's only two occasions since the Super Bowl started that a team has had two one-and-done coaches in back-to-back years. They both were the 49ers, actually, and soon after both those events, they went on to a Super Bowl. So you can say it doesn't necessarily predate that uh, you're doomed for the next decade by doing this. But that's how bizarre and unusual it is. And again, maybe this was written in the stars. Um, Lovie Smith was the defensive coordinator last year. They were 4-13 and last year. They were the second-worst team in terms of yards allowed. And he got the head job mainly because of the Ferrari that then surrounded Brian Flores. Um, and they kind of, I would say, chickened out on making an offer to Brian Flores when he started suing the NFL. So it wasn't exactly that they were in love with Luffy Smith. Um, the performance of the Texans has been good for the last few weeks. Um, but overall, you know, you go 4-13 and 13 on the season, uh, it's going to be a tough sell. They haven't had a quarterback. They haven't had a quarterback since <clears throat> the Cleveland quarterback. Uh, was departed from the team um, and they're still suffering with that but the rebuild continues the new head coach search continues um, and you know it's been quiet of a black Monday because three of the teams made their moves early it's just Lovey Smith and the next gentleman I think we're going to talk about who uh, uh, got the bad news in their walking papers last night or this morning fair enough uh, Texan saying I'm not in Lovey Right, that sounds fair to everyone. Okay, perfect. Uh, all right, uh, Brian, maybe talk to me about Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff with a K, strong name, bad, bad day for a little. Yeah, he's fallen off the cliff, Badoom, very quickly. Having only signed a contract last uh, last off season, like this team were in the in the playoffs last year. Kala, you know, they went, obviously they were one and done. They went to the to the wild card game where. Being convincingly by the Rams, but it was a very good season in his first year as head coach. He'd come in from the college game. He didn't have a really great record in the college game, but he seemed to have got a good, a good rally from the team last year. And Quinn Murray and him seemed to build up a good connection, which led to the Bolton getting contracts in the last off season. 
And then this year it's just gone horribly, horribly, horribly wrong. I mean, there's four, I look back and I reflect on the last 12 months, I mean, there's four teams in particular, where it was evident that thing went right, which first of all was giving Conor Murray the massive contract last summer, and he's not as much to blame maybe as the, the GM and the owner, but there was a lot of stipulations and rules and regulations in that contract about how he was supposed to put time in terms of understanding what was expected of him from a playbook st- standpoint, and this came out in the media and it really wasn't, <clears throat> the quite a bit of information what leaked and that didn't really start the season off on a good note for him. I think there was a midpoint part of the season when they were playing a game on a Thursday night and he got into an argument with the quarterback Conor Murray who looked like he had a really good relationship throughout the course of the last year and it took one of the players to step in and this became kind of went viral because there was a programme during the season hard enough to do an in-season programme essentially you were able to hear all the dialogue that was going on and there was a really fractious relationship then then around November, the GM, Steve Coyne, who's also now been released of his of his duties, he departed and he put it down to health reasons, but a lot of people felt that was that was kind of let's let's show him the door for us before he showed the head coach. It didn't come as a surprise today. Um it's just amazing in the NFL how quickly things can turn around. We spoke last year about teams that win four games or in the playoffs or win four games and they find themselves in the Super Bowl like the Bengals, how quickly things change from a team that was in the playoffs last year, given their quarterback contract, given their head coach contract. He's now departed. It was inevitable. It came as no surprise today. It'd be interesting to see where they go now. We're, we, I mean, we're talking about potential candidates already. There's a lot of offensive coordinators and young coordinators. Collins alluded to Ryan with the 49ers, but one name that's already seems to be high on the pecking order is Vance Joseph, and he had his time at the Broncos as head coach. But there's a lot of people, and Collins straight away is saying, no, no, but there's a lot of people that feel he's very well respected within the Cardinals organization, and he might get the opportunity to get another opportunity to um, be a coach and prove himself again I'm not sure when it'll work out we've seen already this year with Josh McDaniel former Broncos head coach I don't know with the Broncos team when they get their second opportunity it doesn't work out with him who knows he's high in the pecking order I'm sure there will be some people that want to work with Conor Murray in the long run Fair enough and um, I have a note here uh, Christina to ask you a little bit about Colts and the Panthers I suppose from my perspective, I think they should hold on to the Panthers coach. But I don't know if that's what we're going to talk about here. So maybe enlighten me on what what, what were Black Monday related uh, things we're going to say here. I think it's really interesting. If you look at Colts, for instance, they fired their head coach after three games, if I'm not mistaken, for Reach, and they put in Jeff Saturday, who actually played for them for 13 seasons. Um, hasn't really been great for Jeff. To be honest with you, he's still full of the same offensive woes. What the next season is going to bring for them, I'm not quite sure. I'm still, I don't buy into the Jeff Saturday um, story. And they're one in six since they took over. So thanks, Mark. It's always great to have Mark around for sure. And the rest of the guys having your back on the show. I haven't bought into Jeff Saturday. I do think that he's, you know, he's come out today and said after meetings with everyone in the team that there's going to be a lot of changes coming. There's going to be a lot of standards coming. They do need to have a shake up. Everything is going to be a lot more different if he is the head coach and he's got a chance to be able to pick the players that's going to come in the draft. Will that happen? I don't think so. I do think they need to have a strong head coach go in here. Someone like Sean Payton um, that would be able to do a shake up within the situation. You know, Cullum touched on Harbaugh and I do want to ask Cullum, you know, how does he feel about Jim coming from college football and coming into Denver eventually and how is he going to gel with Russell Wilson because I do think that's two egos that just won't get on together uh, but that's for another day um, and then when we're talking about the Panthers so again Panthers fired their head coach 
um, they got rid of Matt Rule. Panthers are actually in the search right now for a head coach. There's a lot of names been thrown around there. Um, I think the Panthers as well, they need a lot more work. They need a lot of structure. Um, and I don't really know if that's something that firing Matt Rule would have actually been able to prevent for sure. Okay, good stuff. All right. Well, look, let's do a little bit of looking back, I think, as well, right? Um, oh, sorry, we have season predictions. So this is before my time. You made predictions for how the how the season was going to play out. Isn't that right, guys? And then uh, we're now going to see how terribly wrong you were or how terribly right you were, I guess. Um, so um, I'm a, what am I looking at? first here uh so will i go through uh, of, uh offensive rookie this how, how do we want to do this guys do i what do i want to go by category around each with each sure of you yeah i think i think Callum, maybe maybe start with the offensive player of the year because that's a, an interesting one uh if we if we start uh, there though maybe mark might want you to start there but i think you should I'll jump in. Where did I, where did I go on this one? I'm trying to reflect on my uh, my my soul search yeah. today when I looked at this offensive player of the year. I think I mean with a show. I went for Josh. Okay, well, with that said, then offensive player of the year, Mark, talk to me. <laughs> okay, or Brian, whatever. Well, Brian, Brian has a show. He went for Josh Allen. Colin, I think, has got the winner. He went for Justin Jefferson. OP, uh, OP of the year tends to be the the top non-quarterback award in many years. Uh, to be really fair, so I think Justin Jefferson is gonna gonna walk with that. So I think Colum's gonna be the winner there. Um, I for some reason went with Jonathan Taylor, who in fairness got injured and played on the dreadful Colts side. But I love the fact. Can we can we focus on the picks that the one I won for the season? Can we talk about that? Can we talk about me winning this? Or are we going to talk about all of these? Because this is going to be a pretty horrific in the 15 minutes for me, is all I'm going to say. You, you haven't, you haven't, you haven't lit up a panel, Mark. I, I was <laughs> reflecting on some of your picks. How, Mark, what I want to know is how can you be so good at picking the game results every week and so bad at lo at, at, at previewing the what, what may play out in, in the season? It's it tr truly Jekyll and Hyde. It's, do you know what? I, I think it's a public service, Colin. I, I fully appreciate that some people may not know who to bet on for these awards. So I want to steer them to the people they shouldn't bet for. So I consider it my duty to pick all the wrong picks to make sure that people won't make the same mistake. So for everyone listening, reverse psychology to help you. I think we're losing Cali on kind of a bit of connectivity issues there. So yeah, defensive player of the year then. And Christina, you, I'm sure you're going to enjoy this far too much. I... I thought Miles Garrett was going to dominate for the Browns and that they were going to be the only thing that kept them going in it. Um, Colm, you had uh, Rashawn Gary, which is the only pick I think you made that one of the, put a bit of a question mark over. 
Yeah, I, I certainly I bought into the hype surrounding the Packers defense pre-season. A lot of talk about how good they were going to be, strongest defense that Rodgers was going to have. Now, in fairness, uh, Gary, Gary did quite well for the, the first night nine weeks so now not don't get me wrong he was not in the defensive player of the year category um but he was he was doing okay and uh then he obviously had the injury after nine weeks and really that kind of scuppered the entirety of uh the season for for him um and uh the entirety of the season to the packers as it uh turned out and then Christine, you may agree or disagree with this, but I'm going to point out that Brian got it 50% right because he at least got the surname right. It was just first name of the defensive player of the year he got wrong. No, no, actually, no, no. Um, I put the wrong name in today. I, <laughs> I definitely went with that with the uh, Niners player. So you're going to claim you went for Nick Bosa rather than Joey? Is that it now? Absolutely. I think we'll have to go back and look at this. Now, I did actually look at the file before we came on today, and I must have looked at the file about three or four times, and anyone who was in it could see me in the document actually laughing at some of your picks. There's some of them I do agree with, and then there's some other ones which are very questionable. <laughs> Knowing you guys so well with your picks, I'm like, really? Is this what you're going? Um, I do have to question, though, for sure. You know, Mark, there's no way you're going to get away from Miles Garrett ever. You're never going to get away from that ever again. Um, but because Kana is gone, let's go to coach the year. Because this is something I think we should all be looking at for sure. And I'm, I thought your picks were okay. Um, and I'm really <laughs> happy that, <laughs> you know what? I'm really happy that there was no real dreamer picks in there. So let's talk about Brian's coach of the year. I have to remember who I went with. You went with Mike McDaniel, bro. Oh, God. Well, look. Halfway through the course of this season, I was crowning on the show. Go, oh, look who I picked for coach of the year because everybody was raving about him as he was the, the new hot commodity in the NFL and he was going to lead his team on a merry dance against the Bills. He still made the playoffs, guys, in this fourth year. That's not, that's bare that in mind. It wasn't the most enjoyable of games yesterday against the, the Jets, but they did serve up a, a defeat to the Bills and they did run them very close a few weeks ago. So who knows? Maybe he could shock the, the Bills mafia next weekend in the playoffs. I actually want to get everyone in the audience who's watching their comments as well and who they think should be coach of the year. So do drop us a message if you're watching us on Twitter, you're watching us on YouTube, you're watching on Facebook, whatever feed you're looking at, just let us know who do you think should be coach of the year? Who do you think is defensive player of the year and offensive player of the year? And let us know who you think is even rookie of the year before we get to it. Mark. Come on, this one's in a bad one. This Martin. I picked Sean McDermott. He's got the number two seed. They won lots of games. I will say a couple of people we're not going to talk about because we didn't pick them, but deserve consideration. Doug Peterson turning around the Jags. Brian Dayball turning around and getting the Giants into the playoffs. They will be there. Sean McDermott, despite the job he's done, despite the job he's done, obviously the last couple of weeks as well, to be really fair, will not win head coach of the year. Yet again, if you ask me now today who's going to win head coach of the year, I'm going to defer to Colin Nostradamus Cronin because I think he's got the winner here in relation to it. Absolutely, Colin. I, I, I don't know. I, I went with Nick Sirianni, but I think Dable probably will end up getting it. Uh, I, I do think, um, you know, though it depends, uh, sometimes coach of the year could be a little bit like the best director Oscar. 
uh, you tend to to win it for a movie that you didn't uh, deserve it for, and and some maybe Suriani could have got it, um, you know, last year. So I, I wouldn't be surprised. I just think that the job that obviously he's done with the the Eagles, and in fairness to the Eagles, the job that Howie has done, and we saw Howie enjoying himself with the fans uh, earlier in the the season, and I, I imagine. They expect to go uh, a little deeper than the one and done in the playoffs this year, um, but what a what a turnaround for the for him, uh, given how his Eagles career started. We all remember him handing over playoff duties kind of uh, a few weeks into uh, the season last year, and they now are the number one seed in the NFC. I'm sorry, I have to take Cullum's side in this one for sure. I do think it's, sorry Cullum, I think it's going to be Nick Sirianni or else it's going to be Brian Dabble, which Floyd said it, Brian's going to be just delighted with life if that happens for sure. Um, we won't be able to see him stop grinning for the whole year. Thank God I've got my Pat's mug to remember the good old days. It's 2007. 